Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the Culture and Coffee podcast with me, Colin Ellis, for Monday the 7th of August 2023. It's flying by, she is absolutely flying by. Uh, my wife and I yesterday were making plans for December and uh, realised that it's really not that far off, December. So there's your depressing start to the day, um, that time is flying and we haven't got much of it left. Um, which also applies to this this podcast. I'm going to get straight into it today. I really, really am. I'm not going to waste any time. Uh, today's coffee is. I spoke to. I spoke to. I already got sidetracked. Uh, I spoke to three people last week at various events, all of whom listened to the podcast. So I did want to start by saying a huge thank you to everybody that does actually take the time to listen. To this. And I know two of the three just want me to rattle through the coffee and get to the culture bit. So I'm going to do that today. You know who you are, the two people who I spoke to last week. He was like, yeah, the coffee bit's all right, but you know. I was like, okay, I get it. But listen, I'm doing the, the coffee thing. Like, you know, yes, I think I mentioned this at the start. For anybody, any new listeners, why the coffee thing? Well, well, firstly, I really like coffee, and it's a kind... And you can't drink whiskey first thing on a Monday morning. Well, you can. It's just you've got to probably... That that would be a problem that I would need to talk to somebody about, I would think. Um, but I do like a coffee. Not that our bodies need a coffee first thing in the morning. If you've done the thing that every adult should do and put themselves to bed at a reasonable hour, um, you don't necessarily need a coffee first thing. It's just part of my little ritual is to, you know, grind some coffee, stick it in the, the hopper and, and create it in the mocha master. I love a good filter coffee in the morning. That's just, it's very un-British of me. I should really be having a cup of tea and there's always time for a cup of tea. I like a cup of tea in an afternoon. I don't really like to drink coffee probably after 12.30-ish. Sometimes if I feel a little short-term pick-me-up to either finish writing something, then I will do that. Um, yeah, so, so, so I thought, well, you know, it can't just be me talking about culture. There has to be another thing maybe to be interested. I don't know. Maybe you're just, maybe you're the same. You're like, you know what? I agree with those other two people. But I really liked Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee. Um, and of course, this is way, is definitely not as interesting as that. Um, which I'm saying for Jerry Seinfeld's benefits. I know he's a regular listener. Um, but um, yeah, so that was, that was a little bit of my inspiration. Um, so anyway, today's coffee, now I'm mentioning it, uh, is a Pedro Flores, which is a great name, I wish that was my name, is a Pedro Flores from uh, Caranavi in Bolivia. So Bolivia doesn't often feature on the podcast, so it's uh, from Bolivia, Bolivia uh, roasted by Market Lane Coffee, which I procured from the vending machine, which is just something that I love doing. I love buying coffee from the vending machine. Don't get me wrong, I love going in the coffee shop. And, you know, getting someone to recommend something. But every now and again, you just need to buy something from a vending machine. And this being Melbourne, it's not a Mars bar or a can of pop. Um, it's uh, it's coffee. Um, so, yes, it's got notes of red apple with caramel and walnuts. Let's give this a go. Burnt my mouth. Way too big a drink. Sip of that. Burnt my mouth. Hang on a minute. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I'm getting the caramel. Some some days, I'm not going to lie and be all pretentious, like, oh, every day I've got this perfect coffee palette, man. And I can really get the notes. Like, I get a bit of caramel sweetness there, but yeah, not a lot else there. You know, red apple and caramel, honestly, just makes me think of toffee apples. 
yeah, a toffee apple. Like it's you know, it's part of your one piece of fruit a day, but it's just covered in sugar, uh, which which really is the best way to eat fruit. Anyway, first episode of this uh podcast was actually three years ago this week. Um and I started it. I told you about the comedians and cars with coffee thing. Uh but obviously we were kind of in the pandemic and um I was at that time I was trying to give away as much kind of knowledge as I possibly could because I, I really felt that that there was a kind of thirst for knowledge and people were consuming lots of video content but also audio content and I do lots of videos for those of you who follow me on LinkedIn I do loads of that stuff I've got a YouTube channel full of videos and so I thought well I'll just start doing a podcast as well and and I hope you enjoy it like because it's just a little bit of something that I can give you three years ago but my very first podcast I, I asked a bunch of people I'm gonna I'm gonna start a podcast what do you want me to cover and a load of people said email and email is still email meetings are still the two biggest challenges facing most corporates not the sports teams that I work with who don't understand why emails and meetings are a problem which I totally get but for most corporates the email and meetings, so the things they do to themselves are are still the two biggest challenges. So I had a request. Someone said, could I go back to email and, and provide some, because they didn't want to scroll down, presumably, it's something that's three years old. Uh, um, can I do another one on email? Yes, I can. And I've got I've got new content since that three years ago, you'd be pleased to know. Uh, so the, the, the estimates, let's start with some of the facts, right? It, it's estimated that we send over 300 billion emails a day and they're expecting that by 2026 so in i don't know two and a half years time it's going to be almost uh, 400 billion emails a day which is absolutely just bonkers it's absolutely crazy because most of them don't get read half of them don't get replied to did you get that in your place of work i have people approaching me saying oh we'd really love to work with you can you send me a proposal I'm like yeah of course send them a proposal never hear from them ever again i'm like what can't i mean obviously it's a great signifier of the kind of culture you don't want to work with you know, you know but not replying to an email is like massively disrespectful um but so yeah so you know often just never ever get replied to leaving you wondering like why do we why do we do this to ourselves um, so Radicati, who who are really good actually, I've been following the research for a while. Every time I want a stat on email, I go to Radicati, and I um I wrote a, a, an article for the Harvard Business Review actually about I don't know, I feel like it was about two years ago now. Oh my gosh, they make you jump through hoops to write those articles. If anyone's on from Harvard, you do a fantastic job. Thanks so much uh, for the 15,000 drafts that we had to do for that one email article. But of course, what they want to do for Harvard Business Review, they want to make sure that things are thoroughly researched and they're written in the way that their audience would appreciate. And I get it. Um, so maybe I'll share that in the show notes because I think a lot of what I wrote in there, for those of you who like reading stuff as well, um, it, it, it's still relevant today. It's still relevant today. Um, but there's some new stuff since then. So I, you know, one statistic that I found, uh, 70% of corporate employees check their email every six seconds. Now, before you're like, what? It's not even possible. It totally is. If you're sat at your desk and you've got notifications on, and I'm going to talk more about that in a minute got notifications on and it pops up in the corner like if you use outlook most people use outlook it pops up in the right hand corner and you look at it that's an indication that you've kind of read it 
All right. So that they're sorry that you've checked it because you've checked what that incoming email is. And sometimes you click on it and open up the whole window. Yeah. So almost three quarters of people check their email every six seconds. Um, some more, more information. So co constantly checking your email in this way does actually, they've proven scientists, so clever scientists, it's reduced, it, it reduces your IQ by 10 points. And what that means is that um, because you get stuck in this loop of always checking, it, it reduces your ability to make sensible decisions. I wanted to say it turns you into a bit of a dumbass, but that just didn't feel right. Um, but it does. It just reduces your ability to make sensible decisions, reduces your IQ by 10 points. And something that I that I read about um, recently, and I'm uh, doing finishing writing the, the, the next book, uh, Detox Your Culture, is this thing called a switch cost effect. And the switch cost effect is the focus... So let's say you're concentrating on writing something and then you get a notification, ding, right? And you look at your phone or you look at your laptop or you look at the email, right? So the switch cost effect is, is the focus that you lose when you're switching between things, right? When you're literally, when you, you lose focus and you shift from one thing to another, um, it, so, so what happens is the brain needs to kind of reconfigure. You're really focusing on one thing and you kind of get into a bit of a zone. Uh, Mihai Cheek sent Mihai, you know, talked a lot about flow. Uh, it's a great book called Flow by Mihai Cheek sent Mihai. There you go. I just said that twice, like I'm promoting the book. And, um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things that he found is, you know, kind of just how it undermined your ability to stay in flow if you got distracted. And of course, if you want to stay in flow, one of the things you should do is remove all distraction um, because of the switch cost effect, because your brain needs to stop focusing on one thing and start focusing on something else. And as a result of the switch cost effect, essentially, it uh, it it kind of breaks your concentration, undermines your performance. It makes you slower in terms of your kind of productivity. You make more mistakes. Creativity is reduced, reduced all of the fact, all because of the fact that you switch between different things. And email is a big part of that for corporate employees. It email is a, is a big part of that. And I, and I read one piece of research that showed that the average millennial and Gen Z worker, so I must have read this in the Deloitte research, spend an average of, this is in corporate employees, spend an average of three minutes per task, um, which is pretty appalling, really. Uh, but that that's not just the switch cost effect. You know, a larger, you know, a, a large amount of that is the sense of overwhelm or burnout. Do you, do you feel overwhelmed? You know what I mean? Where you've got like too many priorities. I did a session with a leadership team recently and I asked them to, you know, how many priorities they had as a business at this point in time. And it was double figures, um, to which I severely scolded them. Of course I did. Because um, if, you know, if you've got kind of more than three to five, and this was a small business, if you've got more than three to five, any one time, it's going to really confuse people. They're not going to know what's the most important thing to work on. Um, there was a great, actually, there's a great uh, article. I think it was in the BBC at the start of the year. This was, uh, it was about the, uh, the, the director of the Uffizi Gallery. If you, uh, the Uffizi Gallery is in Florence, 
in Italy. If you, have you been there? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Like, even if you don't like art, well, if you didn't like art, why are you going? Just go and have some pizza instead. But if you don't like art, just like walking around these halls, it's like on the Louvre in Paris. You walk around all of these corridors and see all this incredible art, like National Gallery. You just can't help but feel overwhelmed by it. But anyway, that's not the point of this. Now I've turned into some kind of, you know, promoter of art. The director of the Uffizi is a German fella called, a, a German... Uh, is, he, is he a guy or is he a girl? I should have really checked that, shouldn't I, before I started talking about this. Eike Schmidt, right? I know that I know the director is called Eike Schmidt. I think it's I think it's a fella. And he had a right old rant, if it is a he. If it's a she, I'm terribly, terribly sorry. Uh, it's deeply... Uh, um, yeah, lack of respect there. Anyway, but he had a right old rant on about how emails should be used. Typical bloke assuming it's a bloke. So I'm just going to now neutralise it. They sent an email they they sent an email on how emails should be used which i absolutely loved uh so it talked about the fact that like capital letters have no place in an email which is brilliant and it's part of the problem with email right is that we're not taught how to use it no so capitals should only be used for proper names i think they said uh where it were where it's demanded by grammar i think that's i think that's what they said um ellipsis so this is where kind of words are left out but understood you know the kind of dot 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 that should be none of that in an email and the work emails should be i think said, i think they said clear explicit um but never confusing i think that's what they said and and you know like i i, I kind of really enjoyed the fact that they'd sent that email out but it spoke to a bigger problem and the bigger problem is, and, and this is the challenge that you've got with email, you know, and the, probably title this, How to Reduce Your Email, title this podcast. Because when you join a new organization, they'll train you on things like, I don't know, policy, process. They'll talk you through kind of like elements of the operating model like the structure they might even send you something with pictures on as senior managers like all of which is really useful information but none of it kind of helps you with your productive time and actually if organizations had a bit of a training program on how they use email it could it could transform everything it really really could it could transform absolutely everything and I think that that's something that, you know, kind of high performing cultures do is they don't get sucked into this vortex of email being the way that you communicate. You know, and I wrote for the Harvard Business Review and, and um, I'll reiterate it here is email is the worst form of communication. It's the worst form of communication because there's usually there's no context. There's no tone. And depending on who you are, your personality, the mood you're in, you can interpret it in a completely different way than it was actually intended. Not only that, you know, kind of people obfuscate and confuse and, you know, kind of they're just overly verbose when there's just no need to be instead of keeping it short and sweet. You know, I I think that, you know, there's so much productive time that could be gained back if we just trained people on how to use email. So for example, uh, you know, talk about the fact that there are two kinds of communication tools. There are synchronous tools and asynchronous tools. A synchronous tool is something that demands an immediate response. So often we'll use text messages 
for synchronous tools. A phone call is a synchronous tool, you know, and for some reason, well, sometimes it's a lack of courage. Sometimes people are just covering their arse. Let's face it, when they send emails, well, I just want to prove that I've sent it to this person. Um, but, but I think that, you know, it, it, it's synchronous tools. It, it, it needs a response there and then. And that's not email. Email is, is an example of an asynchronous tool. A Microsoft Teams chat is an asynchronous tool. And what that means is when the person gets round to checking it, then they'll respond or not, however the culture might be in your organisation. So um, email, you know, when we bring people into the organisation, we should let people know that email is an asynchronous tool, which means that when people get to it, get to it. And as a result... All email notifications should be turned off. So one of the things I want you to do, as soon as you finish listening to this podcast, unless you're driving, in which case wait until you've parked up, right? I don't want you getting fined by the police or killing someone. Stop checking your phones in your car. It's ridiculous. Um, so when you, whenever you can, it's turn off email notifications on the desktop and on the app. You don't need them on. You do, honestly, you don't need it. It's an asynchronous tool. An email doesn't require an immediate response. Have you, have you ever got an email that the subject line is for immediate action? That's just a demonstration that that person has got no idea how to use email. Even worse, if they put it in capitals, even where Ike Schmidt would be going mad, right? Don't put it you know, for immediate attention, must action. Like if it's a must action, pick up the phone. But people don't want to do that because it's hard work. I'd rather just send an email and copy a million people in. That's another thing that should be part of the training, copying people in. We copy people in for two reasons, you know, cover your arse, prove you're smart. It's usually the two reasons why. You know, email's good for sharing information, providing that um, it's not ambiguous and it's not open to interpretation. So it's fact-based. Just announcing that we have a new CEO starting on Monday. Her name is, this is her background. She's having a welcome drink, all invite. You know, something obviously can't misconstrue it in any way, shape or form. Passing information on like that. Or, you know, kind of sharing things like agenda items, uh, agendas uh, or, or actions from agendas. All right, so something action-based. Uh, you should never be used for any kind of performance management, never really used for any kind of feedback or, you know, like, like, you know, we've been able to share documents for years now and people still comment on Word documents and then attach it to an email and copy a thousand people in. Do you know how dumb that practice is? absolutely ridiculous we should be helping employees and you guys should be helping yourself if you're an employee to have inbox zero every night now if you've got three i want to finish with a couple of tips here firstly learn how to set up rules in outlook to stop some things ever getting into your inbox so you can set up a rule and and i would never recommend doing anything that i hadn't done myself or that i'd worked with people and they'd done it been super successful right so set up rules so every time i got copied into an email Right. I had a rule set up to mark that email as read and put it in a folder, not in an inbox. Right. So somebody, you know, thought it a good idea to copy me in. Well, I'm just going to stick it in a folder. I, you know, I wanted my inbox to be clear. If when you get an email and you should you should block out some time to to check your emails. My my boss and I, I no, my 
I suppose my when I look back at my senior management career, there was a lot of stuff that I stole from really great leaders, people I considered to be great leaders. And um, I just copied that. And one of my bosses used to check her email twice a day at 10.30 and 2.30 because that's when the post used to get delivered to her farm when she was growing up. Uh, back in the days of two post deliveries a day. And she used to block out time, 20 minutes at 10.30 and 2.30 to check her email. And then she would decide what response was necessary. So sometimes she she, she would then make a um, kind of put it on her task list. She would say like phone calling. Uh, or she would, you know, kind of add the action and then she would delete the email if it needed deleting or she would archive it if it, if it, if it required, it was required by law to be kept. Most people, and you know, for those of you who are really interested in, in the environment, there's so much email storage space that wastes so much electricity. So you should really get into the habit of deleting as many emails as you possibly can. There's so much stuff just gets archived or left in your inbox. Just delete it, empty your bin. Don't worry, there'll be a permanent record on the server if you ever need to find it somewhere, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, that's the first thing is, is set up rules. Uh, the second thing is, you know, you could limit yourself to the number of emails you used to send a day. I did that with my team once. Uh, what did we, I think we decided on eight a day would be a maximum. Listen, it was a whole heap of fun trying to get to eight a day. And actually, I think we got it down to six a day in the end. Um, but what we were trying to do was was use email in the way that it should actually be used. And, and you know, that was as a mechanism for kind of, passing on information forward and other things like actions and stuff like that. So we got we got really, really good at it. So limit yourself to a number of emails a day and then when you've reached your limit, like, right, well, I can't send any more. And stop copying people in. And definitely don't blind copy people in. That's some really sneaky shit right there. So don't do that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sending this email to you and I'm sending it to another person that you don't know about. Uh, so don't do blind copying. And don't do, like, don't copy people in. Like, you know, if they should receive it, they should be in the to field. And that's not that's not permission for you to copy everybody in the copy and put them into the to field. Just really think about who needs to actually read this email, not receive it. That's different, right? Who needs to read the email? Who needs to read it? Right. And only send it to those people and stop copying people. And ultimately, what I want you to do, I want you to copy me a little bit here because I got really good on email. It sounds horribly arrogant. Uh, but but I did. It was one of the things. I remember my my one of my my last boss in New Zealand, Tim, cracking guy, just a great fella to work with. Had the best stories. I've talked about him before. And he said, Colin, how is it that you've got a hundred? How is it that you've got no emails in your inbox and I've got a hundred plus? I was like, Tim, how many emails a day do you send? He would be like, Oh, I don't know, between ten and fifty. I'm like, There you go. That's why you've got a hundred emails in your inbox and I've got none. Um, just you don't need to do it. You don't need to email. Pick up the phone. The phone still works. You don't need to cover your arse all the time with this audit trail of information. If, you've, if you're overwhelmed with your inbox right now, declare email bankruptcy. So send an email. Yes, I understand the irony. Send an email to everyone saying, dear everyone, every time I open my inbox, I'm overwhelmed. Uh, so I am deleting every single email in my inbox as of and then give a time like 12 o'clock on Monday. If you sent me something and it's urgent, I'll be blocking out between, you know, two, between three and five o'clock every single day this week for you to phone me. For you to phone me, please don't send me an email. I'm changing my emails habit and I urge you to do the same. Something like that. 
Um, so email bankruptcy, I did that with the chief legal officer, one worked a dream, and she is now the proud owner of uh, Inbox Zero. Uh, you can, you, you, the last thing that I'll recommend is another rule. Uh, something that I wrote about in Culture Hacks, I think I mentioned it on the podcast before, but worth repeating, is when you go on holiday, so you've got two things to do before you go on holiday, before you shut your laptop down. The first thing is to put your out of office on, right? And and you're going to do that and you're going to put in all of the dates. The second thing is you're going to write this message. Thank you so much for your email. However, I'm away now until date. And this works for a week or two weeks. As a result, every email will be sent to trash as I don't want to be overwhelmed on my first day back from holiday. If your email is important, I'll be blocking out time between three and five o'clock every day when I return and we'll be happy to chat to you then. And then, so that's going to be out of office, set that. And then you're going to set up a rule Every email that you receive between these dates goes to trash. Doesn't go to a folder. It goes to trash. Trash. Trust me. So I used to do this all the time. Wrote about it in Culture Hacks. People have copied it. People have posted about it on LinkedIn and how effective it is, and which is great. I'm so glad it's working for people. Um, because you don't want to come back to all them emails. What are you going to do? You're not going to read them all. You're not going to. You might just delete them. Set up the rule, send them to the leak. You're not overwhelmed when you return. You've got this beautiful, empty inbox. You know what? Make it till 10.30 on the day that you return. Even better. Even better. Um, just change some habits. Become an example for others to follow. Uh, talk about the, the habits you create around email. Pride yourself on inbox zero. You know, loads and loads of teams have these exercise challenges, which I think are fabulous initiatives. But you should also have these productivity challenges too. See how few meetings you can have in a week. See if you can get down to like, I don't know, five meetings a week. How great would that be? Like really challenge yourself. Make it fun. I'm doing air quotes here. You can't hear me. You can't see me. But you know what I mean by fun. Um, but see who can have the fewest meetings in a week. See who can get the fewest emails or send the fewest emails. Have a little bit of lead table with you and your team. Listen, leadership is built in these small moments, you know, and I've talked a lot about the fact that cultures are micro experiences. The fact of the matter is, is email undermines productive work every single day of the week. It drains attention. It adds to stress and it's your fault. You're part of the problem. Unless you're doing something different and sharing with other people how it's transforming the way that you get work done. And on that note, that is your Culture and Coffee podcast for today. Have a fabulous day. Ta-ra for now.